I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the book of the dead. Your move, creep. He didn't get out of the cop, the duty car! I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Warning, Warning, all movie all reviews movie and discussions, discussions contain spoilers. 100 years ago, something unnatural came out of the fog. Now, it has returned. Who's there? John Carpenter's The Fog. What you can't see won't hurt you. It will kill you. The Fog. Starts Friday at a theater near you. This is Captain Blake from The Fog. Just want to give you mateys a warning. Anytime Mr. Damiano makes an appearance, salty language is always there to follow. Okay, welcome everyone to Shocking Things. This is the 40 Years of the Fog edition of the show. And we have back Neil Damiano. Uh, also known as the top 10 guy, and this uh, instance is going to be the top 5 guy, correct, Neil? Yeah, I'm going to be the top 5 guy. Yep. When I, <laughs> I guess I'm the top 5 guy. Yes. Top 10s are just a little too long for, for even long-form podcasting. So we got we to gotta cut the, the, the stuff in half, man. You know? Yeah. Now, this episode actually spawns from our previous episode, number 5, where we had our... Um, our top five John Carpenter films. And after the conversation, uh, Neil sent me a message through Facebook saying, we forgot to mention the fog as an honorable mention. Right. And, and my opinion, I said to Neil, I said, well, to me, it, it's more, it's in my top 10 for John Carpenter films. And then Neil said, yeah, I, me too. I agree it's top 10, but not top five. That's why I kind of forgot about well, it. Right. The, the fog, it doesn't trump over. I'm happy with what I picked when we did the podcast. Yes. My top five. It, it wouldn't wouldn't overpower those five, but it, it definitely deserves to be in the top ten. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That that we both agree on. Yeah. And so and so uh, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I like the movie. And honestly, I haven't seen the movie in years. So for this, I had to rewatch the movie. Yeah, did you do the same thing? Revisit myself a lot. Um, I remember it. it. It's a memorable film. I remember what happens in it. The plot, you know, it's a, it's a really yeah. good film. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's a very basic movie. And I think, and we we're talking earlier. Now, you said you grew up watching this when you were young. Yeah, correct? like I said, I I mean, we watched a, a ton of movies as a kid. I, we my mother had Movie Channel, and uh, she was a big sci-fi and horror fan herself. Mm -hmm. More more so sci-fi. But that's where I got my love of, of science fiction and, and horror from from my mother was a big movie buff too. She liked all those yeah. Turner movie classics and stuff like that. Um, okay. So she would always she subscribed to the movie channel because it played a lot of movies back then. And um, these movies would be on, so we would catch them, you know, we would watch them at a young age. You know, okay. around like eight, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, we we'd catch these movies and they would scare mm -hmm. us as kids. But um, you know, it's in my memory collect them. Um, you know, and of course I grew up with John Carpenter, uh, films, but, um, I, you know, you know, the fog I think is, 
is um, something that Carpenter felt um, he needed to strike while the iron was hot. He, he was yes. getting, catching a buzz with Halloween, regardless of the critics. I always call Halloween a people's film because the fans just love it. So the fans rallied for that film, regardless of the critics. So he was catching a buzz in Fangoria and all those horror magazines, you know, um, at, coming out in the 80s. And he, he, he needed to come up with something similar um, in horror to Halloween yes. while the iron was hot. So he, you know, Halloween was 78 and Fog was 80. So it, it, it's a short span. You know, it, and, yeah, and I, yeah. And I know because of the popularity of uh, of Halloween. Now he got a deal. I think it was Embassy Pictures. He got a two picture deal with them right. uh, for the Fog, and then after that was Escape from New York. Right. Yep. And now, see, now this is one I didn't for whatever reason. I'd watch anything you know that was on any type of horror sci fi myself. I never came across this when I was a kid. This is one I found out later, like rented something like that, just because it was like right. it was a John Carpenter film. So I said, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I don't know if you were like me. I had a crush on Adrian Barbeau as a kid. So anything with Adrian Barbeau, I would watch. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was uh, that was yeah. yeah. Yeah, she she was was nice to look at. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that sexy voice in the fog too is pretty. Nice. Yeah, yeah, as a, the DJ. Yeah, she was really good for that. So now, um, well, you know, she was that was her character was based off of a, a real person, a real radio DJ. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I believe the 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 lady's name was her staged radio name was Steel. Something. Oh, okay. And she modeled her character and her voice off of this um, ra female radio DJ she used to listen to. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. In fact, yeah. So, yeah, it was based off of a real person. Yeah, so, uh, so now we're releasing this episode on April 21st for the reason being that's when this incident happened in the movie with the fog. Right. Uh, the, the 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 ship is called the Elizabeth Dane. It crashed on the rocks a hundred years ago right. in the film. So that'd be nineteen eighties, a hundred years previous to that. That it, uh, it killed the crew, sent them in a watery grave, and that's and it has John Houseman starting off talking about that. So that that's the reason why the timing of this movie and it just happens to the previous conversation of the and they of the John Carpenter the top five films. Yeah. What's that? And they mention it several times. It's a hundred years. Uh, yeah, yeah. They make it out like they're having this celebration for it that happened a hundred years ago. It's a big event in the town of. Uh, yes. What's the town? Um, Anchor something something. Uh, uh, Antonio Bay. Antonio Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Antonio, yep, California. Yeah. yeah. And now the thing is, I, I talked to Neil. So when we discuss this episode, we have to mention the uh, actors and actresses names because uh, John Carpenter did as a joke. He put uh, the characters right. names as real, you know, friends of right. his, uh, right. like Tom Adkins. His character's name is Nick Castle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Charles yeah. Cipher. He's Dan O'Bannon. Right, right. I don't know right. if you knew that. And there's a doctor in there. Uh, the actors, Darwin Jostin. His name is Dr. Fibes as a joke. For the yeah. Vincent Price movie, so I mean, so there's <laughs> just to give you an example uh, of why we're going to be saying, um, you know, the actual actors' names. And there's another thing, what's that? Humor. An example of Carpenter's sense of humor. Exactly. Oh yeah, and uh, another uh, actor, uh, George Flower. 
he's Tommy Wallace, his character's right. name. So yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. So yeah. he had a, he had fun with this, you know. Right. And right. now I watched this twice because, like I said, I I had to rewatch this because it's been years since I watched it. I watched it once by you know just the movie. And then I watch it again with a commentary, and it's really interesting how many things you know that are discussed. I mean, this was with Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, so I'm going right, to bring up some things. Right, Carpenter uh, team again, right? Which yes, is- yeah, I think they're great. You know, I think they really work well right. together. Yeah, absolutely, definitely uh, two creative uh, forces working together. Um, you know, making great films. Uh, you know, they work well together. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that's funny with the names. You know, I, I got a kick out of that, too, with me watching it. Um, but, um, and then and then when it starts off the movie, Neil, uh, how it has an Edgar Allan Poe quote, if you notice, that's the first thing you see. It says, is that all we see or seem but a dream within a dream? Within a dream. Yeah. That, was, uh, that was Deborah Hill's idea to put that oh, in. Yeah. So I, I thought that was like a nice way to start it off. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it the the old sailor with the with the scary stories um, to the children. You know, it's yeah, John Houseman. That, uh, yeah, he gives like a backdrop of 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 the tale, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. As you yes. watch, I mean, there's like there's a couple of loopholes in the film. Um, you know, as you watch it, it, there's a couple of things that are I, that stood out to me that were pretty funny. But, yeah. um, you know, it's a good opening. And the thing that's interesting uh, with the commentary now, now I thought this, this is what I love about Hollywood magic. I actually thought that was outside. They filmed that in a soundstage. Oh, did they? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I thought, thought that, that was outside too. It, it's it's got great cinematography and set pieces. What I remember distinctly is the long, the long steers that um, Adrian Barbeau has to go down to yes. his house for the radio station. Yeah, for the studio. It's yeah, three miles long. It's so long, and they show a wide shot of her walking down it, and it's just it's like the longest stairway I've ever seen. I, and this is another interesting thing. That stairway was actually the same one that was used in the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah, they I, repurposed it. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Yeah, which is another great movie. But yeah, but yeah, it's, it just it's just funny that they. Yeah, I just love it when I hear things that they reuse, like you know, set pieces, you know, for another like historic movie. It's just it's a, an hilarious staircase though. It's just it's yeah. long. <laughs> She's walking down it. And um I just remember that. You know, because they show such a good shot of it. Um But I mean, you know, there's some funny move moments that I think are unintentional, but like what always got me about the fog is when Jamie Lee Curtis's character enters and she, you know, she's hitchhiking and uh Tom Atkins picks her up. Yeah randomly just picks her up and they have the little yes. flirtatious little conversation back and forth kind of they're meeting each other and she kind of she just stays with them the rest of the film they hardly know yeah 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 they and just she, sleep and together she, and everything yeah, yeah she just like stays you know i mean and he's kind of playing his grouchy self atkins you know, and, he, and do you notice too which was back this was very common he, he's drinking he's openly drinking a can of budweiser in 1980, that was completely normal drinking and driving. Yeah, I know. Right? And, yeah, I mean, and like you know, it's funny how you watch that part, and, and it, 
you know, it's easily how people were not afraid to pick up hitchhikers back then. Too. No, no. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely you not. Know, and then she says, says to him, did you hear, like, her, she goes, are you weird? That, that's right. her question. And he goes, yeah. yes, I am. And they start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which I thought was great. Yeah, it's great dialogue. I mean, you know, when he asked her, oh, have you done this before? And she he catches her in kind of a lie. <laughs> and she's been hitchhiking several times to get to where she's got to go. Yeah. Um, you know, he asks her and he catches her in kind of the little white lie and she's, you know, she kind of covers herself, but um, just little things like that are funny. And then like, you know, the, the window breaks from out of nowhere and it doesn't show what broke it. And he's like, Oh, let's get out of here. Well, non Yeah. <laughs> and that scene. And that's another thing that when they filmed that, it was uh carpenter said they were just rocking. They were just sitting in the car. They're rocking the car and making like everything like uh, behind them, make it look like they're actually moving, but they, they didn't have it in the budget. So that's how they made the car look like it was actually moving. Oh yeah. I did. Well, yeah. you know, you know, the funny thing is, is that the fog was a significantly larger budget than Halloween. Mm -hmm. Oh, that significantly larger budget. He had a pretty decent size yeah. for the five. This is the, yeah. The interesting thing about this was it was supposed to be like in the nine hundred thousand dollar range, but because of the actually it was scanners came out and they thought that they he wanted to do just a an old fashioned ghost story, but it, it was uh, he's writing off of Halloween and then also scanners came out. And that had the head explosion scene. So he was really, he thought he needed more scares. So that's why they actually filmed a lot of like the, the Captain Blake stuff and all that. More of that was actually added to the film for that reason. So now uh, Carpenter and Hill went to Stonehenge in 1977. And that's where John Carpenter had the idea of uh, writing the fog. Um, when they saw the fog, how thick it was there. John said to Deborah how he, you know, he'd like to write something about this because, like, what if, you know, it's kind of creepy, something emerging from the fog. So that's where he got that idea oh, yeah. from. Fog, fogness itself is kind of creepy, you know. Yeah. So definitely could could get an idea, a horror idea out of that for sure. Yeah. I feel I feel like um, the fog definitely had more jump scares from where we were talking before than Halloween. It's definitely more more forceful, you know, not mm -hmm. so much more brutal than Michael Myers, but there's more um, killings. Yeah. And, and, and more like pop out jump scares. Yeah, goats like the other hands through the window, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, when the two the two doc men get, get killed at first with the sickle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the gory. Um, so I will say two things about the fog, though. Um, okay. One. Um, I, I think it, m m some people consider it a slasher film, but it, it essentially it's a ghost story. It's a ghost. Yes. It has slasher elements to it, but it's a it's a ghost story. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's what Carpenter wanted. He wanted it to be pretty much just a ghost story, but because you know, like I mentioned before, with uh, Halloween, there's like a little pressure of that, and then there's more pressure with Scanners, so he. He felt the, you know, the, just the, the moviegoers now wanted to see more visual things instead of psychological, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, definitely more visual, for sure. Absolutely, more yeah. visual. Um, and the second is, to, to me, personally, 
I think the fog is more so a long story form uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, story. It, it can easily be an EC story, an uh, entertaining comics um, Tales from the Crypt story. Mm-hmm. I can I can see yeah. that story. Yeah, being- you know, that that's actually I. The way I look at it is like it's something like that. I, I think it would actually work better, like you know, in like a half hour segment as a because I remember the first time I saw this, I I, I don't know if it's my ADD or what. I was just kind of like, all right, you know, I as, I think I wasn't in the mood for a, a slow burn the first time I saw this movie. I was just kind of like, all right, you know, let's let's kind of like get to it. But you know, I'm older, I appreciate it more, you know. Right, right, and what I mean by it just it it, it can easily come off as as like a. A, a horror story, like a short, you know, comic kind of horror story. I don't know if Carpenter was influenced by that. I know he read Tales from the Crypt. He he, he definitely was into that stuff. But um, it, this story just seemed very like Tales from the Crypt Vault of Horror. Yeah, I could see working for something like that. You know, um, it, it's a great film, though. It'd take nothing away from it. it, it he just brought it into a, a theatrical form, a full length. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, fog in itself is scary, and, and like they did a good job with the fog. You know, they must have had tons of fog machines. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the funny, th- yeah. There's a few different. Uh, I know they use uh, foggers. They use dry ice as another thing. Uh, and this is another thing that they didn't even do this purposely. But the when they were scouting out the locations for different lighthouses. And they, they picked this one just because they thought it was scary and, like, you know, just it was beautiful, to, you know, the, the beach and everything. Right. Um, yeah, visually, this, it, it's a nice film visually. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks nice. So that's where they picked it. Then after the fact, after they, they chose this, they found out this is the second foggiest point in America. Oh, really? Okay. It's just totally by accident. Didn't even purposely mean to do that. Yeah. No, it worked out. Yeah, um, it's definitely a, a lot of fog going on, and um, <laughs> you know, in in every scene, pretty much. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it it stands the test of time. It, it's um, the replay value is is not bad on it, and uh, it's it's no, it's I appreciate it more now after watching it two times. You know, within a, a week, it's like okay, now I. I am going to like rewatch this probably every year that, you know, when I first started hearing more about the fog, maybe, I don't know, 10 or so years ago. I don't know if you ever listened to Howard Stern, Neil, you're really into him or uh, when he first got on Sirius, uh, he had this guy, he's actually uh, the drummer in the band death. His name is Richard Christie. He hired him to do like comedy bits. Really? And he's, yeah. And he's huge into horror. He's like yeah. obsessed with horror movies. And Most I actually saw that. him once. Yeah, most metal guys are. And I actually saw him, Laura, once. Laura didn't know who he was, but I saw him at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights because he goes every single year, (laughs) which I just thought was fun. But he's the one, he kept mentioning the fog. Uh, They're like kind of like joking around with him. He's like, uh, like how he's planning his day out on April 21st. He's like, what's the big deal? He goes, it's fog day. Because yeah. it happens in the movie, I watch the fog every year, so it's Fog Day. So, and I'd always fog. laugh. <laughs> so, now, so now we have to do this. 
Yeah, so every yeah, so I was like, really? Gee, I never really heard anybody so obsessed with the fog before. Me either. But yeah. Um, yeah, so he'd take off a day from work normally when he worked like a normal job and he would just and he'd watch the fog. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a lot of those guys, like I know Kirk Hammett's a big carpenter fan, fanatic. Oh yeah, he's uh, he has an insane like horror collection, just like movie yeah. posters, memorabilia, and props. It's like he's it's crazy. Big, um, he's a big carpenter and, and Toby Hooper fan, uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Hammett, uh, well known uh, for those two directors. But um, yeah, you you know, I mean, like a lot of people mention the fog. Uh, it definitely doesn't doesn't slip under the radar. It's it's gaining. Yeah, it's one of those things that just seems to. Little by little over the years, it's just starting to get more of a following, you know. Right. I mean, well, it followed Halloween, so you know, most a lot of people talk about Halloween, obviously, and it's a follow up. So I think he did a great film for a follow up to to Halloween. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You know, with some of the same cast, you know, so that helps. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis was, you know, really starting to get popular at that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably the most famous scream queen. I mean, most of her, her, all of her earlier work was horror. Look how many horror films she's done. Terry oh, yeah. Jane, Prom Night, uh, Halloween. Oh, yeah. No, it's just a, a string of them. Um, so yeah, she definitely was a horror a girl, you know. Um, and I've always liked Jamie Lee Curtis. I've always been a big fan uh, of hers. Um, you know, and uh, it's nice that she was working with you know Janet Lee. That was that was great. Yes, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's got a great cast. I mean, you know, and did you catch the the Carpenter cameo? I thought that was great. He did like a Stevie Yes, he he talks about that, uh, saying how he he was so, because he looks at Hal Holbrook as like, you know, a revered actor, and he was so nervous doing the scene with him that he kept like flubbing his lines and the the crew kept laughing because he was like so nervous and he said he hates acting, but he really wanted to do a scene with him. Well, Holbrook is 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 phenomenal. Uh, I'm a big, huge fan of of Hal Holbrook. Yeah. Guy's just an amazing actor, and everything he does, everything he does is just fantastic. Um, you know, from Creepshow, all of his films are just he's just a great actor. And uh, you know, Carpenter had a knack for for casting great people. Always, you know, all of his actors are fantastic. You know, um, and and you know, he directs them really well. And and um, people really respect uh, his work, obviously. Um, but yeah, I thought that was cool that he did the little cameo thing in there as the assistant. Yeah. Yeah. I was laughing for for like two seconds. He's in there. You know I mean? Yeah. He had to, but at least he doesn't, you know, he doesn't overdo it, you know? So no, that, that worked well. Um, it was like an Alfred Hitchcock type thing almost, except Alfred Hitchcock is more of a cameo, right? When he does them. Right. And really like, more he, in the background. Even King does all the cameos in all of his films, yeah. too. It's the same type of thing. Um, but, you know, I added a little nice touch to it. But, um, you know, Atkins is just great in it, as Atkins, you know, the way he's just cocky and, and a no bullshit guy, and he plays the hero. And, uh, you know, he um, saves everyone and. and you know, he's just, he's always good as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's a solid cast. You know, Barbeau is just always good. And well, the thing with Barbeau, too, and I, you could not tell when you watch this movie, you know, she like, you know, she's on the radio and she's smoking. She hates cigarettes. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, no, I didn't. But thought it would work for this character, but she hates cigarettes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 
No, I mean, she had that, that like, husky, deep, sexy voice, that radio voice mm-hmm. in there that she put on. Um, that was that was really good. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of gory kills in it, too. I mean, and those those ghosts are, are freaky. And the, the couple of shots you get close up of them. They're, you know, it really, it really is cool the way they're shadowy, and if you can't really see too much detail, you know, right. that's what I like about it. So it's kind of like leaves it to your imagination. Right, right, yeah. And the interesting thing about the ghosts, like a lot of them, like at the beginning, you see doing the one doing the main killings. That's uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, actually. Oh yeah. Did you know that? Like that's uh, um, he was doing most. He was doing a lot of that. And then the the main one, Captain Blake, the one that you see with the glowing red eyes later. Yeah, right. His name is Rob Botine, and I never heard of him before. And then I, I looked. He actually he's a special effects guy. He did a lot of the effects okay. for the thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and Little Recall. So that's what he really, um, you know, how he got into it. Like at fourteen years old, he sent the letter to Rick Baker, and that's how he started learning how to get into the special effects. I thought that was really interesting. Well, he's the he's the ghost that kills Holbrook at the end. Spoiler, spoiler if anybody hasn't. Yeah, seen yeah, him. yeah. He's but the uh, definitely Holbrook. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's the main one, and that's yeah, and that's who that is. Rob Botine. I just thought that was just like interesting to to mention, like you know what he's, you know, his career after this movie. Right. Yeah, I, I, you know, and there's, there's, um, it seems to be like it's funny that the whole town—it's a small town—but the whole town is so excited about this, this memorial. One hundred. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's nothing else going on. So yeah, the mayor's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, we got this hundred years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's one of those, you know, like, there's not much going on in this little small community. And and this is like a big thing for them. It's kind of like, and I don't know if you ever seen Corman's uh, Humanoids from the Deep, and they have the carnival. It's the same type mm-hmm. of thing where you know, yeah, everybody's so excited to go to the carnival. There, it's just, that, you know, was that the same year too? Was that nineteen eighty? It might even be the same year actually. Yeah, Humanoids from the Deep was the first horror film I ever saw as a kid. <laughs> okay, it scared me. Yeah, it's the first horror That's film. Funny. Um, Roger Corman's uh, Humanoids from the Deep, yeah, which scared me. It's, it's great B movie, but um, that it was the first horror film, and then uh, Terror Train was the first slasher film. I okay. just a little, you know, facts about me if anybody cares, but yeah, <laughs> Humanoids from the Deep, yeah. But it's just it's films like that that's funny that the whole community shows and, and and are so excited about about these little little things going on in in the community, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I think I don't know what what Janet Janet Lee's kind of like the the proprietor of the. Of the this is a funny. It's funny you say that. It's her and Nancy Loomis. Is like you're watching the movie. You're like, okay, I know what everyone else's role is. Like, what exactly are they doing? And then. Uh, you know what? What's their occupations? And then Deborah Hill and John Carpenter in the commentary are talking about it. And John Carpenter says, "Oh, uh, Janet Lee's a real estate agent." I'm like, "Like, oh. why are they so?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, because they're talking about her and Nancy Loomis are talking about some kind of property when they're going to. Visit yeah, but it's just, home. but but you you think like they're like in charge of this whole celebration, right? So that's the only thing that yeah. kind of confused me, you know. Yeah, and I don't think I, Nancy Loomis is, is great, and she had like kind of, she had like kind of a really dull uh, 
part in it, though. Yeah, she was like, like the sidekick who didn't really, you know, get many yeah, lines. Basically, her presence wasn't really. I think you know, of course, Curtis overshot, you know, was in, in Barbeau, but um, yeah, just interesting how she was kind of like a play, laid back character, and it um, more so like in Halloween, she was so prominent as as yeah, you know. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's best friend and one of her best friends, and and then in this, she's you know, of course, they're older now, um, yeah, adults in in the fog, but uh, yeah, she had said some minimum lines, and um, you know, she didn't seem like too happy of a character in it, um, and that always stood out to me when I watched it, um, but um, you know, yeah, they're just to me they were kind of like flaky characters too, like like I said, Curtis was kind of like this um, free spirited girl in her 20s that was kind of just doing the whole hitchhiking thing and kind of latches on to Atkins and and um kind of goes wherever he goes and she's so easy about it like when they're walking back to go find the um the big the ship mm-hmm. and he's like you want to come and she's like yeah why not so yeah it doesn't like no it doesn't yeah it doesn't anybody else be like well i don't really know should i yeah okay well i got nothing else going on right yeah i mean she's just so so easy going to to, to do this and she hardly knew new Atkins uh, character at all, you know? So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, that, that I always questioned that and it stood out to me watching it. You know. Oh, the other thing, now when you're talking about them going like on the boat and on the pier, that's actually where they shot the birds. Uh, yeah, I read something. Yeah. Right. I read something up on that. Yeah. So that, yeah, I thought, I thought that was just like an interesting fun fact to, you know, just have it filmed in the same location. Right, yeah. I, I think he did that a lot with this film. Obviously, you know, uh, I think probably I'm sure it's pur- purposely, obviously, intentionally. Carpenter did it, but <laughs> and it worked. But um, and go ahead. Oh, when they're on the boat now, there's another just just funny little behind the scenes thing when uh, when uh, Tom Atkins, Jamie Lee Curtis are on the boat. Uh, Carpenter said while they're filming that he had like really he was seasick and he kept vomiting constantly. So that was that was going on behind the scenes when they were filming yeah. that. That's funny. Yeah, hey, the boat was rocking him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people get seasick, man. Um, you know, shooting on location. You know, but it was a beautiful lake. Um, some some great lake shots. What else? No. Um, we talk about the the um, the fog effects before. They show one. There's like one scene where they show like the the rocks and the fog coming over the rocks. They said that's actually a, like a miniature. They put like like a black velvet. They put like a, like dry ice over it for <laughs> that. Like I thought that was like really interesting. I, I you know we had never really figured that. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the the scene where where Atkins and and Jamie Lee Curtis are on the boat and they're looking for the 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 main the the captain guy, and then he he pops out dead, and then later yes. it goes on. Father Malone, which is Holbrook, says, "Well, you know, they they do like he's been dead for 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 century or whatever for like a century," mm-hmm. which I didn't kind of get. Do you remember that part? No, I, I know you're talking about when the body came the doctor, out from yeah, the... the doctor's um analyzing the body and he says okay, uh, you know he says it's interesting this guy's been been waterlogged for for years. Okay, I, I didn't realize that. That's what he said. Okay, yeah, 
because yeah, they, they, yeah, so is they're trying to say like that's a clue that he's is this what the ghost of uh, yeah, that's what I kind of it I don't know if it was a loophole or what, but I caught it. You know, okay. You know me, I I analyze you know, when I watch these films uh, with the yeah. critical mind. I, I watch every little uh, and it threw me off, and I was like, okay, so he must be a throw, a clue or a throw, but like where he's a ghost. Yeah, he, okay. No, it's interesting you said that. that. I, I didn't, didn't know up on that. Yeah, at that point they didn't know yet. I don't think that the um J- um Adrian Barbeau's son found the the plank yet. Or just yeah, because yeah, yeah, just says it says Dane on it from Elizabeth Dane, the the ship. And I mean, I think we should mention the the plot. I mean, you went into a little bit of it, but the whole thing was the ghosts got robbed of gold. Yeah, so they're coming back. Their ghosts want to get the gold, right? Which has been melted into a stole it. Yes. Yeah, he finds a a journal from his uh, ancestors. And then the gold, it's not like gold coins, because they briefly show when you mention how uh, Adrian Barbeau's son finds uh, the piece of the ship. First, he sees a gold coin. It happens really quick. Then the water right. washes over it. Then it turns into the plank, you know, yeah. the piece of the ship. Yeah. So the coins later on, they get melted into a giant cross that's in the church. So that's right. that's how, you know, the uh, the reasoning of why the ghosts want to go to that church is to get that cross, which is their gold. So yes, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what it is. They, they want, it's just like pirates, right? They, they, even in death, right. they want, they always want that gold for some reason. Right. And every, and, and all these movies, like one eyed yeah. Willie, right. <laughs> right. right. The, the, gold is, the gold is important. Yeah. The gold is a symbol of, uh, you know, status. So I guess they, the pirates, they, they want their gold, you know what I mean? And, and um, they came back for it for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great story. Uh, it's scary film. It's a great story. And uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but but sure. I, I got to be honest. I didn't like the ending, and I'll tell you why. Because, and these are going to be spoilers. You can put it in the show there that I'm spoiler. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure everybody's seen the, the fog by now. Yeah. It is I wanted Holbrook to live. I wanted Father Malone to live. And it, he throws you for a loop because it seems like he's going to live, and then it catches you in the end well it's yeah because oh. the way it ends it's you know you have um the fog like dissipates you see it like you know it's like oh, okay the fog is going because you, you have, think it's over yeah because you because captain blake gets his goals the fog dissipates you're like and uh, okay. stevie you know, that's adrian Barbo's characters talking to the town like almost like everything's okay everyone you're like oh, okay and then all of a sudden you know the the ghosts come back and then uh captain blake you know stabs him well you're she like, was about okay. to get killed well she barbo was about to get killed she was about to yeah she was climbing and then yeah, she, climbing. and then she uh and you know she got saved when he gave the, yeah. the cross and you know she got saved at the last minute and then they're in the church all together. It's kind of like, you know, and you think everything's okay. It's a happy ending. And then, you know, it throws you, Carpenter throws you for that loop. That yeah. Out. Mixed feelings. Like, it's one of those times in a horror movie, like, maybe, like, a happy ending, you know, that, that there's nothing wrong with that in the in the, the right context. Uh, so, I don't know if this is just one of those, like, I gotcha type yeah, I mean, sometimes there's not a happy ending, and you know, Carpenter obviously didn't didn't leave it off as 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 a a possible sequel. So I know they did a remake. I saw that when it originally came out. I think it was might have been 2011 or no, maybe I can't even remember. Did it come out 2005? The same year as, the, as the Thing reboot? No, 
No, that was. I'm sorry, that I'm getting confused. That was. I think that was 2011, the thing uh, prequel, and I think the fog might have been 2005. But yeah, that was the kid. uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but who was in Smallville. That's like his one claim to fame. And I saw it. I honestly, I don't remember anything about it. I can't say it was bad. Can't say it good. It was good. It was just very forgettable. I don't remember. I saw a little bit bits, and I don't remember it. Yeah. Now I want to rewatch it now, just to out of curiosity. Now, just as like, is it really that forgettable? I guess it is because well, I don't remember follow, anything. About does it follow the original to the verbatim? I, or no? I I honestly don't remember. I did see it though when it first came out. So yeah, like so that was what fifteen years ago. So yeah, so it was so important. I put it on my memory banks. You know, it, it makes you wonder. It's funny how they um, come up with the decisions on what films to remake or reboot. I've always wondered that. I understand certain movies, but yeah, The Fog was never, especially at the time, there was really no buzz on The Fog for there to really, yeah, I don't know why. And it's interesting that they did that, that they they felt that it would spark a younger audience, you know, to, to remake The Fog. It's an odd choice, yeah. It was, yeah, I thought it was very odd. It could be a cost thing, you know, they own the rights to it. I mean, who knows, you know, and just because, they like, figure the maybe the, the actor might have been a draw to just no matter what the property right. was. Yeah, I mean, the prequel to the thing, at least it, it tells the story before Carpenter's. Um, yes. Story. You know what I mean? Like, that that, that makes sense. It's a prequel, pre, pre-happened before, uh, you know, Carpenter's the thing, but this was kind of. I think this was just a straight up remake with you. With yeah, active. It was yeah. That's the, what I recall, that's all it was. You know, nothing, nothing like I said, nothing memorable. Just like kind of like the Poltergeist remake, or don't know if you ever saw that the Psycho remake. Yeah. Just forgettable. You know they do that a lot in Hollywood. I don't know if they're running out of ideas, but I mean they even they even remade. Um, you know, I mentioned this because it's 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 the 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 next episode on my on my podcast, Lasher Times. But they even re they it's almost a reimagine. It's a reboot of of the the under the really gritty uh, underground um, slasher film Maniac. Remember mm-hmm. that with Elijah Wood? Yeah, I saw no. that, and it it was it was another one of those movies. It wasn't bad, but I would never recommend it to anyone. I would never rewatch it. Well, not you know? in a million years would I think they would even. Would be even be in their radar to re remake Maniac. Maniac it is, yeah, was not a popular um film. It was a a, a, a you know a sleazy slasher film, almost yeah. Yeah, from from nineteen eighty. So it's 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 funny how they remade that. I was very shocked when that came out. I saw it too. It wasn't that bad. No, it was okay, but but you know nothing wasn't wasn't really necessary like most of these, no, right? No, it wasn't. But it's just funny how the, I don't know who makes the decisions on that, on that kind of stuff. But it's just <laughs> weird of the odd picks that they that they consider to do. Yeah. Um, and I guess you know Carpenter's a, a main a, a world famous director, so I guess the fog holds Carpenter's name. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you figure it might yeah it might spark some interest, you know. But you didn't you didn't see it right, so it didn't. You just said that ah, he's not involved I, in it. I so saw little parts of it. I'm 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 famous for that. Like I see parts of stuff that I don't really care about, and like I just forget. Yeah, you know I'm I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a purist. I like the originals. You yeah. just mentioned to me the other day you were talking about H2O because well this is relevant because of Jamie Lee Curtis, and you said you only seen bits and pieces of it. You never watched the full movie. And Jana Lee's in that also. 
Right. I, 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 yeah, it's one, that's another one um, where like I'm bad with sequels because um, yeah. I just think they get ridiculous. Um, you know, I don't I'm, I'm not like I don't run off the name like a lot of people do of cash cow films like I can't really say because like Nightmare on Elm Street. I love the original. It's a masterpiece. OK, but. My favorite, I love four. Most people like Dream Warriors, but I loved Dream Master. I loved part four. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that film just start, struck a, um, a light in me. I loved, I loved the story. I loved that one. I thought it was made well. And uh, it's not one that, you know, most people mention the, the first one or um, three. One and three are like, yeah, the main ones yeah, that people But mentioned. I love four. So, but with the Halloween sequels, it just... I, the original and um, and I liked part three, but part three was a, like almost a separate entity. Yeah, it's his own. Yeah, I, I love that. And it had Tom Atkins in it. Yeah, I mean, but part four wasn't bad. But um, it was okay. You know, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't run off those sequels. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth. I like a lot of those. There were so many of them, but I like when Jason was the human aspect. I'm one of the rare. Mm-hmm. I don't like when he becomes the supernatural, Jason. That's just mm-hmm. me. Because I, 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 you know, I'm a slasher purist, so the yeah. one through four were slasher films to me. You know, the rest were really not. even five, two, even five, five, two. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I even like six, where he's yeah, but that's when it starts becoming supernatural, natural, though. Right. That's six. That's like when it's, uh, but it was good. But seven weird was ridiculous. <laughs> Harry, Harry versus Jason. But yeah. I liked eight. Eight was campy. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was ridiculous. I saw it in the theater. I remember I saw it in the theater with my friend Tom, and we saw it at um the we went to like the fourplex or something, and we saw it. And um, I just remember it was just funny. It was it was hokey. You got Jason running through fucking Times Square, New York City. You know he's going walking by these punks and stuff like that, and it was completely campy. Most of it takes place on a boat. But yeah, I liked eight. Yeah, well, oh yeah, we'll revisit that one of these years. Definitely, we'll talk about that. Can't be film, but like you know, the rest of the like Jason's dead goes to hell and all that stuff was just fucking ridiculous in space. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it just got totally ridiculous. But um, you know, I mean, like the in here, you know, the thing with Carpenter, he's consistent and he doesn't doesn't do sequels. That's what I love about Carpenter. Really, yeah, really yeah, like we, yes, twos, yeah, threes and fours, because he's like he's you know he's a main guy, he's a main, yeah, the main story, and that's it. That's all we really need. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to water it down, you know. No, and because it dilutes it, and he, I think he, it's the same same mentality of it. It dilutes the story. You know, I, I understand it's a business, and they're there to make money, and it, it makes money, and people are going to go see the sequels off the name. But how many good sequels are there? Yeah, yeah there's, a handful. there's a handful. Not many. I mean, part two, Friday the 13th, is my favorite sequel. That's my favorite Friday the 13th. I think it trumps the it first. Is, it is. No, I, I agree with you that one. The, you and I are the, like, feel that way. Most people don't, but. Uh, yeah, I love part two. That's it. Warrington Gillette's the real Jason. Oh, bad! Oh, yeah! It's just so funny. And poor Steve Dash. I mean, God rest his soul. I mean, you know, he at least he got the the credit before he died. You know, at least he got the yeah. recognition. <laughs> um, that haunted him for years. It seemed. 
But now uh, let's talk. We'll get back to the uh, to the fog now. Uh, now we're talking about the sign. Now how about the Adrian Barbeau's son finds the sign. Right. Uh, you know the part of the ship that says it was that says Dane on it. Now when they go, to, I don't know if you remember this part. Yeah, the, for, the first time I saw it, I actually didn't catch this. I had to watch it again to notice this. When she's in the the, the studio, the radio station, she brings yeah. the board with her. Then, like the water, all of a sudden, because it's like water I comes was out of it. That. Yeah, it triggers water, and I think that's a sign of like the, the fog is going to be coming. Yeah. So then, then this is then that then it's like part. Then like the radio, uh, it starts like the voice starts getting like distorted, and then like uh, then a fire. Then she takes it like then she takes a fire extinguisher, puts out the fire. Did you notice it changes? It says Dane, and then after the fire, it says six must die. Yeah, I carved into the wood. I didn't notice that the first time. Yeah. So I I thought that was like a yeah. So six must die. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense now. The six must, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's she's trying to warn them, and um, you know, like you know, they hear it on the radio, Atkins and, and Curtis, and she's saying, "Get away from the fog." Yes. You know what I mean, and and where they can't be harmed outside the fog, which I thought was was pretty interesting, where you have to be in the fog. You know, the, another thing I thought was funny about the film. Um, what I remember watching is that they, 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 it's almost like they're courtesy killers. They have to knock before entering. <laughs> really, do they have to knock? Oh, yeah. And then, then when the time, then, then after the time changes, yeah, the time changes. You remember, like, with the, like, when uh, Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis are in bed, there's a knock on the door, right? He gets yeah. up. Right, and then all of a sudden, the, oh wait, the time changed. Oh wait, it's one o'clock now. Okay, I could leave. Oh, all right, I'll give him privacy. I'm gonna leave now. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know, it just I'm like, are they really knocking on the door? Like, like he's coming. Then I could kill you. But, yes. But they do at the same. They do at the same thing at the old lady, the caretaker of uh, Barbara. Oh yeah, was her name? Or it's her name, uh, Mrs. Colbritz. Yeah, Colbritz or something like that. And she's yeah. like, oh, you know, answers. And she's like, go up to your room, lock yourself in yeah. the room. And, and the, he just keeps knocking on the door, the ghost, you know. Yeah. And then they finally, like, okay, they're tired of waiting. And then they, then they put their hands through the windows, right? Yeah. But if you notice, like, the grocery clerk, the ghost just comes right in. It's not, he doesn't knock. He just comes right in and kills the, the grocery clerk. <laughs> Remember at the beginning? Does he actually kill him? I remember seeing everything shaking and everything. Is this another thing I, I missed? It's, it's suggested. It, I don't think they show the, the kill in there, but it's suggested okay. where he, he gets killed. But the first two kills were the, the you know, the dock men, which were yes. killed, where they where he comes in. You know? Those were all, I know those were all like reshot. You know, those were like some of the like examples of scenes that were reshot that added more like horror elements to the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were pretty gory. I remember with the sickle, and um, you know, and the old lady gets it. You know, but there's there's a couple of kills in there. Um, it, I, I, you know, like again, it, it's it's a it's a really cool story. It, it's you know, it has a really good backdrop story to it when you follow it. You know, um, the, yeah, the whole thing. It's very simple. Like you said, you just want to make like an old fashioned ghost story, and that's what it is. And then he, you know. But but the the horror elements I think visually I think uh, everything because when I watch this I'm like man I really like the 
like really like bright colors. Uh, if you notice that when you watch the film, it's filmed, there's a lot of dark, but it, yeah, the green fog and there's some bright elements when she's in the radio station, and um, you know those close ups on her, and you know the 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 the, the what the weatherman guy keeps calling her. <laughs> yeah, like no, this yeah, that that's um. Charles Cyphers and and he's like, is he like trying to get a date with her? He's like constantly yeah, trying to call her up to give her like of, some. Um, he's trying to give her clues, like, oh yeah, here the fog's coming in yeah, in this direction. Okay, hey, do you want to go? You want to go out for a date? Want to go for dinner one of these days? <laughs> like tail. Yeah, that, that was like, like who is the person? Like this guy work with her? I'm like, no, this is like just some guy <laughs> trying to get laid, basically, well, I right? Think he did, like the weather, he was the weather, okay. the weather man, um, <laughs> part of the radio station. <laughs> It, well, because they show him get killed uh, later on, right? When he's in um, uh, towards the end of the movie, if you remember that. Do you remember that yeah. scene? There's like, oh, okay, there he is. He's like in his uh, office. Right, right. And he gets killed in the office. Yeah, he gets off. But um, but yeah, he may have been. You might be right. He might be a meteorologist. But I just wasn't sure the way he's talking, you know? Yeah, because he goes, He remember he says, oh, I'll do this shift for her. Okay. My day off. But I'll okay, gotcha. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, kind of downplaying. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's only a little bit of fog. It's heading east now. It's not coming south towards us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's giving her updates, kind of. So I guess he was like, kind of the meteorologist man. But he was a funny character, though. He just was. Yeah, just yeah, he was pretty me. ridiculous. You know. Yeah, he felt bad when he got killed, right? A little bit. <laughs> 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 He just um, was persistent with that, though, which I thought yeah. was funny. Speaking of him being persistent, I don't know if you, you caught the line when the the crew was on the boat, you know, when he first calls her and says how the, the fog's coming in and she's talking on the radio and the guys are on the boat talking like the woman goes, boy, I'd like to meet her. He goes, right. you would like to meet her. I met her in the grocery store. If you saw her, you would like to meet her, boy. Believe like, me. Aren't you married? Didn't he say, like, just, aren't you married? And he's I, like, I'm not, I'm not now, or something like that, he says. <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of like locker room talk. Yes, well, yes. which is very, like, realistic. And it's funny, because I told Laura, like, how I had a crush on her. She's like, oh, uh, see, then, like, she met her, like, uh, we met her a couple times. The last time we saw her was a Connecticut well, Horror Fest. Well, she came to Connecticut Horror Fest. I met yeah. her the- yeah, yeah and, and then, movie. and then once Laura got like a like a close look at her, she's like, "Wow, I can't like she really she's she, well she's like get her for her age." She was like, "She looks incredible for her age." She goes, "Look at her body." She goes, "I, I can't believe oh, yeah, how great yeah. she looks." But she, you could see like, and you know, I'm not knocking Adrian Barbeau. She's beautiful. No, woman. she's always been, but like you could see because she's old now. She's oh yeah old. yeah. You could see like the the neck kind of going. Yeah, really but, but yeah, but. But the thing, yeah, but Laura's like, I can't believe what great shape she's in. You know, she's, I don't know how old she is. She's in her seventies, right? So I mean, easily. But yeah, no, I thought it was cool that she came to Connecticut Horror Fest. I thought that was a good guest that they had, and she did a great piano talking about John Carpenter. She was married to him for years. Yeah, and her and uh, Tom Atkins did a panel, and I don't know if you caught this. Uh, what Tom Atkins said, uh, he used to live in East Haven, Connecticut, at one point in his life. Uh, yeah, he did say that, huh? Yeah, and and he was and he was on a boat. He said he used to yes, fish. He 
That's right. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting, and the and he's on a boat in this movie too. <laughs> yeah, I can picture him fishing too. He seems like like a, a fucking grouchy fisherman. And and, and then he said, I don't know if you caught this. He goes, he's like, yeah, I used to hang out with this Italian guy. And if you know anything about East Haven, <laughs> it's like at yeah. one point it was like like the most heavily concentrated uh, Italian American right. section yeah. in America Haven. at one point. Uh, he said, yeah, he goes, we used to fish with this Italian guy. He goes, and we used to smoke weed, too, while we are fishing. <laughs> Didn't he mention the pizza, too? Didn't he mention the good pizza? I, I th- yeah, yeah, he, yeah I think he might have, like, yeah, like, like Sally's. Yeah, have, yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah, everybody did. does. Which yeah, I just thought that was props. Yeah, he was talking about it. Um, Yeah, he's a funny guy, though. I was talking to him after. He's a pretty funny He's like, he, if I had a dollar for every time I heard people come up to me and say, thrill me. <laughs> <laughs> See, gee, I, I I thought it was gonna be stop it, stop it. That's I thought that's what he. <laughs> I thought that means bread and butter. Thrill me. <laughs> his his best his best. I don't care what anybody. His best character was Night of the Creeps. He was fucking phenomenal in that. Nah, he was so I, Halloween three. I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. Dude, but he's. <laughs> <laughs> the creep where, he's, where he's giving up basically his homicide. Oh, oh, oh I think we'll, 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 well. No, wait a minute. I think we're both we're both wrong. It was um, Creep Show as the father who slaps his son for reading uh, <laughs> for reading Creep Show. Right? That was we had the, that was the best line he ever had in his life. That's what fathers do, babe. Right? That's what fathers do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a distinctive voice, you know, like that. I just don't get a shit voice. You know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he was just so like careless in Night of the Creeps, like whatever. There's like leeches fucking infecting people, turning them into zombies, and he's just like at the end he's counting. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. He's in the basement. He's gonna die. And, you know, he's just uh, he's great. Tom Atkins is great. Just a horror icon. No, it's great that they got them down there. Uh, props to Connecticut Horror Fest for getting those guys down there. Uh, it, it, he's really cool to meet. The panel was really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's on YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. Just do a search for Connecticut yeah, Horror Fest. And you could do Tom Adkins, Adrian Barbeau, and it'll pop up. Yeah. If anybody, if they didn't get a chance to go out to the, the Horror Fest, uh, check it out. It's just a funny panel. Um, but yeah, I remember he was talking about East Haven and Connecticut and stuff and fishing and everything. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of famous actors from Connecticut. People don't realize, you know, we just love, you know, Brian Denny, he just died and he's a local, lived in New Haven for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, he, we lost him. He, uh, unfortunately, great actor, but he did a lot of plays at Long Wharf, and he lived in New Haven for years. And of course, he did. No, I heard because I saw that he said at one point he was living in Woodstock, but did he? Was he actually living in New Haven? Yeah. Like, yeah, was, yeah okay. I don't know whereabouts. It was probably a really nice section closed off. Okay. In New Haven. But yeah, he lived in New Haven because I met him. I went to see a play he did about a a a. a beaten down by life salesman that is best friends with a bartender really phenomenal long form play i don't remember the name of the play but i went okay. to see it at long wharf and it was fantastic and it was just he was just so phenomenal in it and and i i you know i got a chance to meet him afterwards because I, I know the people at long wharf just from being in the movie you know 
realm of Connecticut for so long. Yeah. Um, so I got a chance to go down there and meet him. He wasn't really doing a meet and greet, but I got about maybe a couple of seconds, maybe a minute with him. And I talked to him, really nice guy, very That's big cool. presence, really super nice guy. And um, I just had to tell him, I said, um, you know, I, I know you probably hear Rambo the most in Cocoon and all those And Tommy were- Boy and the father of uh, Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, but <laughs> you're you're in one of my favorite films that influenced me to really get into film and goes oh yeah what's that i said fx i loved you in fx he's had a got a big smile on his face he's like yeah i really enjoyed that film um yeah he just plays the toughest nails detective in fx i haven't seen that movie in years but yeah that was like a i saw that we're like kids we went on a cruise with our parents and they had a movie theater and they and that's what they kept playing constantly was fx in the movie theater on the cruise yeah so that's how i saw it yeah, it's a it's a really good film. Um, it's a good film about film. It's you know obviously crime element, but you know it's a great story. And um, he was just great in it. And um, he was so you can see he was happy to 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 hear that. Um, so I got to tell him that. But um, yeah, I mean you know in, he lived in Connecticut for years. Uh, there's a lot of people that lived in Connecticut. Um, but um, I hope one day to, to to talk to Carpenter and tell him what his films meant to me. Hopefully, when... I mean, once this whole you know COVID nineteen thing ends, and you know, you know, there are more you know conventions and you know it's gatherings and things of that nature. It's put a hold yeah. on geek culture. You know, it's yeah. put a big big hold on geek culture, and people like us are like been you know freaking out or we're just we we gotta be out there and, and and stuff and all these these like um the communities just shut down all these events are getting shut down and stopped it's terrible the only thing is i'm gonna put this uh, a link in the show notes uh, there's actually coming up on uh, april 25th and 26th i think it is they're uh-huh. doing a free online convention and there's gonna be some like horror guests i saw like, that, I saw that. Yeah. Potter, uh, Joe Hill, so uh, so that it's all free, you know. The so I'll put that information on. Yeah, so they're like they're doing panels and things of that nature, or just like recording from their house or like live stream. Yeah. So that's and the any any merchandise you buy, the proceeds go to like uh, anyone affected by this. So that's you know that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean you know anything I could uh, do. Um, any kind of live type of. In Lloyd Kaufman, Lloyd Kaufman's going to have a, a segment. Really? I, I yeah. have a friend that worked for him. Um, yeah. She be, ended up becoming a, a award-winning filmmaker. She's out of Queens. Okay. Um, shout out to Jen Valdez, but um, she she um, used to work for for drama. <laughs> she, yeah. For years, um, they made some cracky films, John. <laughs> yeah, well, they made some doozies. I'll tell you that. King of the B movies, yeah. Um, yeah, they made some, some pretty crazy ones. Yeah. Trauma, good old trauma. But, um, no, I mean, getting back to the fog, I mean, well, let me ask you, did, did you like the ending? I was, I, just... I, I, it's, I, it's, I could go either way. I kind of, it was, it definitely, it, it's one of those ones that definitely, they got me because I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is like a nice ending. It, it's over. And then, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, I really 
didn't want to see him die. Hal Holbrook, you know, Father Malone. I, I kind of did want this curse to end. I kind of, this is like one of those instances where you want good to triumph over evil. You know, I felt, I felt the, the, the way it ended was the right way. And then it's like, okay, well, he just, he wanted to, you know, that mysterious type, you know, shocking ending well, maybe, where it could I still mean, maybe go on. Carpenter thought maybe, um, Maybe his point was that that evil is is always going to be evil, you know. Maybe. And, and evil prevail, you know, came back to yeah. to do what it wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the way I took it. And um, it doesn't play by the rules, right? Even if you give him back his gold, he doesn't care, right? right? No, exactly. He's evil. Evil's evil. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a carpenter film. It, you know the, the the music. Um, now he he scored this as well, right? Or am I, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. There was one film I was talking about where with somebody where he didn't score it. Okay. And, um. Uh, I forgot what film it was where I I was talking to somebody about Carpenter, um, and and they were like, uh, I don't, and this is somebody I forgot who I was speaking with, but they did not like one of the few people I ever met that didn't like Carpenter's scores. And I'm like, what are you insane? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And this is why I liked probably this score of this film because Carpenter didn't do it. And I'm like, Hmm. really? What? Yeah. Uh, You know, subjective to each his own, but I love Carpenter's scores. Every film. Yeah. I agree with you. Now that's like we talked before uh, last episode about Halloween, like that made the movie. That'd be (laughs) But even Escape from New York score is fantastic. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I love the, especially the theme and the yeah uh, Duke the Duke's theme. Yeah, he always has that dum 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 you know type of thing. You yeah, know where it's like doomy music, like dum dum. You know what I mean? Like even in the thing, you could hear it. And um, you know, yeah, he's just a talented guy, man. Uh, the scores are just fantastic. You know, really done well. I just want to mention another thing, though. Just sort of talk about the with the fog now, with the special effects. Um, when the, there's a scene towards the end when they're in the the truck <laughs> going through like the small town, you see the fog coming through. Um, Carpenter said he had to the the like the wind was blowing and it wasn't going in the direction that they wanted, so they had to do everything in reverse. The, the truck had to go in reverse and then they had to play it backwards for it to look. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Well, like they drive in reverse. Remember when they're stuck? Oh yeah. Atkins but they're supposed to go, but yeah, but they had to go forward forward. Okay. Cause I can to, to make it look. Out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, press so they had to do it. Go, press on it. He's flipping on David Lee Curtis, you know, and they're stuck in that little ditch and, they end up going back, but yeah, and getting out, but at the last minute, which was a suspense buildup, you know, because they, they end up going right at the last minute out of the fog. But um, yeah, I didn't know that. So they had to go in reverse. Yeah, because the wind was blowing in the wrong direction. So that's why they had to do everything backwards. And then like <laughs> when they, they, you know, they played it back, they had to do it the, the opposite way for it to look correct on screen. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of. I'm sure Carpenter has done them too. There's a lot of <clears throat> things you don't know that, like tricks in, in, in the, the, 
you know, production of things that, that you just don't see or realize, you know what I mean? Cause you're not yeah. obviously here on, on daily. So you don't see it, but um, yeah, you know, they do what they got to do to get the scene. And um, you know, like, like I said, um, no one, these little funny tidbits of like, I didn't, I read, read on it that, that her, um, that, you know, Barbeau based that character off of a real person, you know, yeah. female. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like from what I read, the voice was like almost for like she really studied this v, um, DJ's voice. Okay, you know it's a very distinctive voice, like where she's yeah. doing the radio stick, and it was the same voice, like almost they were saying as this um this lady. I think her name was St- her last name was Steele, and she was. All right, DJ. yeah, I gotta look into that later. Barbara was a fan of remember her first name, but um, you know, so like. I guess that helps the actors out. It can it can really be a yeah. Tool. Have some motivation. Have something to study, and right. you know, it makes it more interesting when it's based off of someone real, like you know, like a lot of times I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, um, it's definitely in a in a top ten. Uh, there's no debate on that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like number eight, maybe out of like for top ten, like Carpenter films. I don't know where I would rank it. Probably be be higher than that for me. It'd probably be like maybe around six or so, mm-hmm. you know, because I liked I like the story a lot. Um, and I can't really think of any other uh, like I, I got to go back and revisit in the mouth of madness because that, yeah, that's that, on that's Shutter now, and the fog is on Shutter too. So if anybody wants to watch it, if you have Shutter, they're they're giving away yeah, a free uh, subscription too. If you don't have it, it's Shutin is the uh, the promo code S H U T I N. So yeah, so the fog's on it in the mouth of madness. Escape from New York is on it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I, so that's. I believe most of Carp, like they live, is accessible too. I'm not sure about that. I don't um, know. And uh, most of his popular films, um, I think Big Trouble in Little China, you could find anywhere too. Um, you know, uh, around, but. Um, yeah, no, I mean, um, it's it, yeah, it's it's worthy of definitely uh, an honorable mention, which we forgot, and definitely uh, in a solid top ten Carpenter film list. And and it's it's forty it's the fortieth anniversary of it. Fortieth anniversary, yeah, nineteen nineteen eighty. Yeah, I, I gotta say, you know, that year nineteen eighty to eighty five had some really fantastic, just really solid films. Oh Great yeah. Films came out in that whole era i'm glad i grew up and watching in that era in 1980 you're uh, my favorite uh, empire strikes back yeah yeah did that that came out <laughs> that's a weird yeah star wars um no i mean i, I know i'm the lucas stuff i know i get uh, you know bombarded like thx 1138 like you mean like that yeah, the 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 you know the Lucas years, I I, I know. Oh, okay. You mean of just the Star Wars stuff? Gotcha. Right. Um, and I always loved Empire, but I liked Return of the Jedi too. Mm-hmm. I did, I did, because I remember going. My mom taking us to the theater to see that. Um, and uh, I liked it. I liked the, the the job of the HUD aspect, and you know, it uh, it's not a favorite. Everybody loves Empire Strikes Back, but um, and I liked the first one too. I liked all three of those. We're just great. But I'm more of a film I loved in the 80s is, and everybody does, but Back to the Future. 
Oh yeah, I was just watching. I was just rewatching that. Like, yeah, I love that. Laura and I were watching that uh, the other day. I wanted to be Michael J. Fox. I mean, I had the Valtteri skateboard. Those yes, those used to be all over the place. Now those are worth like stupid money now. Yeah, the genie on it. I had I had all that stuff, man. I wanted to. I just love that that film, that story. The 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 second one was was pretty good too. The third one kind of lost. Third one was pretty terrible. I didn't like it. The western (laughs) one, yeah. Like the Wild West and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't into that. So now with the fog, now does this rank above uh, Escape from L.A.? Uh, oh no! Escape from L.A. is, is a five star, you know, masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, that, yes, we have to. I, I think. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to revisit that one of these days, Neil? We'll just we'll watch that Escape well, from I mean, L.A. If we could, do we a could... campy. If you want to do like a campy fest type of show, yeah. sure. Come on. A campy yeah, fest yeah, type. yeah. Thank. You. Because I haven't seen that in a while, and I, I actually saw that one in the theaters. I was all excited. I was like, I can't believe they're making a sequel to uh, Escape. From... Yeah. And then we'll do like a totally, totally ridiculous film. Yeah. Film. And and do you know what my joke was? I was gonna seriously go through with this, but I, I chickened out. If you remember, like uh, like the trailer, like he uh, he says, "Your rules are beginning to annoy me." Kurt Russell. I don't know if you remember that. He he says yeah. that. And so yeah. I was gonna go. I was gonna take my shirt off, walk in the theater, have like the the that cobra tattoo that he's got <laughs> on his stomach. <laughs> I was gonna walk in and say uh, I wanted a, a ticket for uh, Escape from L.A. And then I was ready for him to say, "Oh, sir, you know you have to wear a shirt." <laughs> inside the theater and i was about to say your rules are beginning to annoy me (laughs) but but i didn't go through with it (laughs) that would have been funny somebody would have to film that though that that'd be funny yeah i mean escape from la it's carpenter didn't have anything to do with that no 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 he did no he he like he he thought i i love carpenter but we had last episode with dishonorable mentions and I mentioned Halloween too. It's like, well, I can't really, you know. Look, the guy has done some great See, stuff. He's contractually he obligated to do that. Halloween too. No, no, he. This was his idea. He really thought this is, like, he thought it should go like in like a campy, you know, uh, direction. Which I was like, no, nobody wants this to be campy. They want this to be serious. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of like a tie into George Lucas, where George Lucas, when he did his prequels, is like he. He didn't get what his audience wanted, and this is one of those instances where Carpenter really he didn't understand what the audience wanted, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, you know I'm sure he had good intentions and he thought oh, he did. Like, no, because I mean I, I, yeah. I watched this, you know, this whole interview on it was all really excited and I was like, Yeah, I gotta disagree with you, but you know, hey, you know, he's done some great stuff. So you're right, you're allowed to make a few things that aren't perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, they all can't be can't be hits, um, you know, but uh I'm you know, I'm sure some people like like <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I remember the basketball scene, which was hilarious. Well, that was I. Yes, because I, I was like, "Why are they playing basketball?" Like, this is the first one that had like the wrestler Ox Baker. They're fighting in this right. this wrestling ring with like spiked bats. Right, and, right, like, right. and then like, and then you go from that to playing basketball. It's <laughs> like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. 
Well, I mean, it's like kind of like the the road. You take the Mad Max series. Everyone loved the first one, the Road Warrior. Everybody bagged on the Mad um tier, uh, of it, uh, uh, Thunderdome. But yeah. I liked Thunderdome. I remember watching it's, it as a kid. It's I'm yeah, kidding. I saw that in the theater, and it's I I like it's it's funny. Like when I first saw it, I was kind of like, eh, I liked certain. I liked the way it started, but I didn't like the way it ended. But I watched it not too long ago, and it actually holds up pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it ever since I was a kid. Um, I had you like been... Master Blaster, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, what is it? He's just a boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I saw it as a kid. It's in my collective, uh, you know, childhood collective, and and um, uh, you know, it's just one of those movies that I, I've always watched several times growing up. You know, I liked it. Well, let me ask you a, a kind of a quirky question here, because I have mine. Um, what What is a film that you've seen in the that Carpenter easily could have made? You know what I mean by that? Do you understand the question? Um, just yeah, that like, someone else could have made, but like if yeah, well, like it, he, has, it has a Carpenter feel. I'll go with mine okay. First. Mine is is in no disrespect to Walter Hill, but mine is the Warriors. The Warriors yeah, 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 has yeah. A Carpenter it's feel to it. Post-apocalyptic. Um, yeah, it has yeah, a Carpenter yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I could, I could see what you're saying. Down to the, the the music and the shots and just the story, it, it definitely has such a Carpenter, John Carpenter feel to it. Always. Okay. To me. Um, Off the top of my head, even though this isn't a gritty one, this is more of like a slick type John Carpenter film. Uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, I could see Carpenter probably making that. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, because if you look at something like Big Trouble Little China, how that's more slick and not really gritty, you know, yeah. with science fiction elements, I could see him doing something like that and it working, you know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue that. I, that. That's a that's a cult doozy too, huh? That's oh, I love that movie. movie. I put that on, and Laura's like, "Oh, this movie's terrible. Why do you watch this all the time?" <laughs> It's, it's right up there with Ice and Buckaroo Banzai. Oh yeah, cult classics. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ice Pirates was great. Although I just all those cult '80s movies were just fantastic. You know, I, I can't say enough about them. I just remember them. They were just so such fun films. Um, yeah. But that's a yeah. So that's that's uh, that's what you know. I think would be like a Carpenter type movie he could do. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up, man. I, I appreciate you coming on, Neil. Yeah, it's always fun, John. Always fun talking film with you. Um, and, uh, you know, always welcome to come on again. Uh, happy to do it. Oh, yeah. Now, is there anything you, you want to plug, Neil? Uh, well, I, I have a, a podcast that's it's slowly but steadily moving along um, yeah. that I'm trying to promote. And um, it's a one-man podcast. It's really straightforward and to the point. And I'm basically just analyzing a, a film. And my my um, forte is slasher films. You know, that's my um, discipline in, in horror. And um, it's called Slasher Times, and it's on Anchor. And um, I hope to have guests on, too, to discuss a slasher. But I pick... I pick an 80s classic slasher a month and I break it down and analyze it. It's it's not humor-based. It's not um, flashy. 
it's just basically me um, saying why I like the film and, and analyzing it and breaking it down and, and talking about the influence it's had on, on horror. So, you know, it's more of an informative kind of long form type of show. But it doesn't give spoilers because you were talking about it. And you don't want to give spoilers because you want to encourage people to actually watch no, the movies. No, I don't give spoilers because I want people to go back and watch them. And I, because I pick some obscure type of 80s slashers that maybe people haven't seen. My, my latest episode is on Maniac, 1980s yeah. Maniac, which is a crazy film. It is. If you yeah. go on and check it out and you want to kind of. Um, if you like like the film and you want to hear some a fan talk about it, or you haven't seen it and you want to hear about it, it's a really crazy, insane film, um, slasher film. But um, you know, and I my my episode before that was my bloody Valentine, and just eighties eighty slasher films. Just that that if you grew up in the eighties, you'll know these films and and some obscure stuff. So you know, go on over there, check it out. My my show doesn't run long. It's not. Um, they run about maybe 15 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. They're not really long because it's just me talking, yep. talking. Um, so, um, you know, there's, it's not really interview style. <laughs> yeah. It's just me to talking about the film. So I can't go really too long, but um, I hope people check it out and, and, and like it, you know, yeah, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put that in the show notes. So people can just click on it automatically. Times. If you like slasher films, you'll like the podcast and I'm going to try to get it going more. And it's only once a month. I do one a month. So it's not a whole lot of content, but um, I yeah, do it's a quick content. thing. Yeah. If you want to go to the store, you have something quick to listen to on the way to the store, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. If you're into horror and you like slasher films, you'll, you'll kind of dig it. Yeah. Hopefully. You'll get a kick. Yeah. Out of it. I, I think but, so. Um, it's um, but I definitely enjoy podcasting and and um like doing it and and so I'm gonna continue, um, you know and we'll see where it goes, but um you know just the top ten film site, top ten, top, the number ten films dot co dot uk, check that site out. Yeah, and I was uh, it's funny yeah it's it's. You sent me uh, the other day, uh, we debated on your uh, top 10 must-see uh, comedy movies. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. It's definitely, I recommend everybody to go here. Because yeah, that's it, an older list I wrote, yeah. But yeah, but still, it's still, you know, it's it's interesting to just look at everyone's different point of views. Because I talk to you like, well, Neil, I disagree with you. Yeah, I, I like this. And you're like, yeah, well, John, I don't know. The site is, is that. For one, you don't have to, to subscribe to it. You don't yes. have to, you don't you're not gonna get bombarded with emails about it. Yeah. We don't send you anything. The editor, the creator of it really is big on that. It's just it's just for f- people, fans of film that don't want to be bothered, that just wanna go and yeah. comment on something. Yeah. All you do is you put your name in and your email and you just post a comment and it gets posted up there. But mm-hmm. what it does is it creates film debate. I love it. I love this site yeah. so much. No, it is because we, we, we argued debate. over it, you know, in a, you know, a civil manner, just kind of like joking around. But yeah, yeah but it, it's interesting. On it. Yeah. But, you know, with my list and most of the writers of the site, the contributors, we put what we want on it and we stand by our ground and we, we pick surprising picks and we pick, you know, we, we're open to debate. But yeah, but I mean, at least you explain why why it should be on right. the list, you know. Right. So, right. yeah, we, it's not just it's more creative than that, John. We do have kind of a, a intro, you know, like a little backdrop of why we picked. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's where some people just this is this is the list, and they they're very vague. It's like okay, well, why why is this number one? Give me, you know. 
debate with me. Tell me, explain to me, sell this to me. Why is this number one, right? Right, right. Or like most people will comment um, their picks. Well, I would have picked this. You know, my list would have been yeah. this way, which is great. You know, I love to see that. Um, or they'll, they'll question, why did you pick this film? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you out of your mind? Why you really thought this was fun? You know, and it just it has topics of of every genre. You know, on there, it's it, it's a it's a great site. It's really fun fun site. Um, so, if you go on, what, what people can do, your viewers, if you do me a favor, go on. If you check out the site, go on Facebook and, and hit the like for the page. Yeah, yeah for the top like. ten. Yeah, hit. We're almost at five thousand. So if people go on there, we're at like 4,800, I think, likes. So okay. we're close. Yeah, so just yeah, go hit so yeah. the like button. If you like the site, hit the like button. And, um, you know, I appreciate it. But other than that, I mean, I'm writing my reviews for Letterbox. I just wrote a review for VFW. I, I wrote a really great review for that I'm proud of. Um, that's my newest mm-hmm. review, which will be going live uh, tomorrow. I'll be posting it up. But, um, you know, the the the... Guy's done three films. He does some quirky films like Bosa, I think his name is. Um, but okay. he, he did um, like Bliss. Okay. Know, he did VFW, which is, it, it's, and you know, it, it'll, when you read my review, it'll tie into the Carpenter thing. I don't want to spoil the review, but. Okay. Uh, let's just say that, that he was, he summoned Carpenter when he made this. He's film. heavily, heavily <laughs> influenced by Carpenter, <laughs> is what you. Heavily, very extremely, extremely. For a, modern, <laughs> for a modern film, yeah, yeah. Okay. Really, which isn't a bad thing, but yeah, the director was def- obviously heavily influenced by John Carpenter. You can see it in the film. Okay. But um, you know, that's my letterbox. It's under my name, and uh, my Twitter's uh, Neil Reviews One, the number one, and and like I'm on Instagram, just Neil underscore Neil underscore Damiano, and uh, you know, check out my my stuff if. If you would, I appreciate it. No, oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Neil. For uh, we're going to celebrate 40th anniversary of Fog on the right 421. Yeah, I know, Happy... you, I know you mentioned to me that you wanted to um, you wanted to to uh, revisit Friday the Thirteenth, the original. So, yeah, yeah, we'll do, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, hopefully next month. So yeah, I'll definitely get in touch with you. We'll do that. It's always I great having you on. Hours about that film because it's good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all time uh, original yeah. Friday 15th so alright thank you again Neil happy fog day everyone <laughs> happy fog day screaming and screaming episodes 5 and 6 were both dedicated to John Carpenter films so it's only fitting this segment of streaming and screaming has a list of his films available on Shudder, which John Carpenter wrote the theme for. The films are Halloween from 1978, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, The Fog from 1980, also starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Adrian Barbeau, Escape from New York, 1981, starring Kurt Russell and Adrian Barbeau, Body Bags, 1993, an anthology series, and In the Mouth of Madness from 1995, starring Sam Neill. So check these out if you haven't already on Shudder. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to it on. 
Also, please share this podcast with others. To follow us on Instagram, please go to shocking.things.podcast. And to like us on Facebook, it's at shockingthingspodcast. Our email is shockingthingspodcast at gmail.com. And you can leave a voice message that's located in the show notes. And until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.